You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. We're going to be with you for the next hour. We're going to talk a lot of Alabama Crimson Tide football. We're going to talk about what this team was able to accomplish against Mercer, where they need to work towards uh, to get down to the Florida Gators, the big test as they open up SEC play on the road. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about some Nick Saban audio. We've got some Bryce Young audio that we want to bring in. Might even have a little Dan Mullen. Uh, that we'll throw in from time to time as we get ready for this Alabama-Florida game right here on Alabama Tradition. We'll also welcome you to be a part of it at 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. Martin Houston, I hope your Tuesday has went well. Welcome into Alabama Tradition. Uh, it has gone well, Ryan, and I'm glad to be in with you uh uh, tonight, uh, looking forward to a great show, great time, and uh, of course, things are still good because the Crimson Tide sits number one at two and zero. Oh. I'd like to go back to last Wednesday. Nick Saban came out and he had a he had a message. Uh, I got to be honest with you. At first, I thought it was Nick Saban just pretending to be mad, uh, but after watching the Mercer game, maybe there was something to that press conference that Nick Saban delivered following practice last Wednesday. Maybe there was a reason uh, that Nick Saban was a little bit upset with his football team. I think we uh, watched that show up on Saturday afternoon inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Ryan. Um, The rest of college football probably watched that first um, quarter, uh, first 11 minutes of that game and thought, great. He plays against Mercer. They're clearly the better team. But look at all the coaching points uh, he has managed to get just on the offensive side of the ball. You know, defense, I think defense came out uh, and played pretty well early on. And other than that one bust on the long touchdown and then another bust late, defense really was dialed in, Ryan. And we hadn't talked much about that. We kind of just throw it out like it's the whole team. It was really the offense. And if you were writing a script, uh, what would you ask for coming out of Mercer? Uh, you, you like to blow them out like you should, but you also like to walk away with some definite coaching points. And if you had to choose coaching points, it would be offensive line. Sure. <laughs> running. I mean, you know, running backs. I mean, he got everything he needed uh, out of that game. Uh, discipline, um, intensity, accountability. He got everything he needed. So uh, I guess the rest of the college world is like, we can't beat this guy because he's already better than us. He's had more talent than us. And then he gets great coaching points even when he plays Mercer. Well, and, and there is plenty to coach. I, I want to go back because you took on defensive players, linebackers, defensive linemen. Uh, you had to perform blocks and, and move people out of the way. Uh, what do you think is wrong? Is this just simple about five guys not working together? enough uh, 
to to maybe build some team chemistry and you know that unit to come together, or, or do you think there could be some offensive line issues? I, I think first of all, Ryan, I, I think that um, I don't know that we have the most talented five okay. on the field. I do think we probably have the best five at this point. And what I mean by that is, you know, Latham and uh, what Damian George, they may be better right tackles talent-wise than, than what Chris Owens is. Um, but when they put them in together with the other five, the chemistry may be way off. Um, he may not be able to work as well in a combo block with Emil Ikior. Or, or, you know, a double-team scheme. It, it could be a lot of things going on there. So I don't think the, the most talented five is out there. I think the best five. Ryan, I'm just telling you, uh, the, these offensive linemen, um, they, <laughs> they, they need time. Um, and this year, believe it or not, they just they haven't jailed yet. Um, when did we see the unit – how long has this unit been – together when you really think about it when did we hear Maybe. that Court was even gonna potentially be the guy and Owens kick out how many times have they really practiced together and then you take everybody go well they've been practicing together for two weeks well we practice more we were talking about this other day we probably practice more in in a week than these guys practice as far as physicality and and, and learning to work and combo we were practicing more uh, in live because it's different live round action in in a week than these guys do maybe in two weeks so uh, I think it's just going to take time uh, to, for them to all jail uh, and don't be surprised if there's not some movement in that offensive line so Martin you you hear Nick Saban and and we've got audio uh, with him talking about Bryce Young and and we've heard this comment and you've pointed it out on multiple shows uh, when you go back and, and you'll hear him say. Well, he's happy, but he's not happy the guy. He's happy with Bryce, but he's not happy with the guys that he's around. He was also asked a direct question about his running backs. He had a lot of great compliments on them. He said, we missed a couple of reads that I thought we could have more production. But it, it's kind of like the process of elimination. I don't think Nick Saban's happy with his offensive line. And as you said, maybe they, they you know flex in a couple of different guys. Uh, but we know what Emil Ikior can do. I feel like that we know what Evan Neal can do, even though he's at a different position. But you think about three guys, Landon Dickerson, Deontay Brown playing in the NFL, Alex Leatherwood playing last night for the Raiders. I mean, that's a lot of manpower that's no longer part of that offensive line. Well, two of them were first-round guys. Sure. And, you know, one, one of them, I mean, I know what's his name didn't go in the first round, but you're getting picked in the second round when you're, you know, still just had knee surgery. Sure. Uh, tells you what they think about you. And Brown was just, a, uh, you know, he's a mauler. Uh, if you, you go back 25 years, then he would be a first-rounder, uh, you know, in, in, in the style of play that he brings to the table. So you're not just replacing, you know, what everybody else is replacing. You're play, replacing three guys that will all be starting probably by the end of the year on an NFL roster. Um, and then you're replacing them with guys, Ryan, that don't necessarily – Chris Owens has played a lot, but where has he played? Everywhere. So he's really never honed in on one position versus the other. Dow Court, 
I mean, we've been waiting on him to break out, and I think he does have a little bit of that Dickerson old-school nasty in him. And I think if we lose him out of it, Ryan, that's going to be a really soft bunch. Um, I don't know if you saw him on that touchdown block on the run where he just mauled a guy in the end zone and then kind of rolled on him a little bit. Uh, and then I think Cohen seems to be, you know, a really, really good guy. So to me, I hate to say it, but the weak link, weak link in this line and a lot of what we're seeing that's, that's causing pressure, it really does start with Chris Owens and, and that right tackle. Fortunately, that's in the face of Bryce Young, so he's probably saved us a lot um, because he sees it coming. And a lot of times we wouldn't even realize that there would be pressure because he gets rid of it so quick or reads it. Well, and it just, you know, we spend a little time thinking about it. And, uh, you know, we look at this offensive line trying to find a way to get better. Uh, but it does set up perfect. I can promise you, I think this offensive line will perform a lot better. Uh, but if you want to, you know, if you want to be a naysayer, if you want to be a half empty guy or half whatever, if you want to evaluate, you say, well, they had trouble with Mercer. Uh, and, and, you know, we saw at times. Uh, this offensive line, I thought they should be able to push Mercer around. And I know that was probably not the game plan because they came out, what, the first drive, throwing it around. I mean, I think they took a shot early down the field uh, pretty quick in that game. So maybe that was not the game plan. Uh, but I'd also like to get you to evaluate those running backs because I think Najee, one of the things that he did well was running the football. But the other thing that he did well uh, was picking up those guys coming, uh, you know, from putting pressure on the quarterback. How do you think the running backs – have performed uh, would take it on some of those that heat. Yeah, Ron. Let me address one of our viewers, okay. uh, Curtis Moore, uh, said injuries during spring and fall training camp affected sure. offensive line continuity. Also, he's right. That is part of part of it. Is even though if there was one group that was hit by injuries a lot during the summer, uh, it was the offensive line. You know, so. So that has helped. And there may be a reason that Randolph was the starting tackle. Uh, maybe he helped that continuity. But back to the running backs, uh, Ron. Um, I, I've seen so many people saying Brian Robinson can't do this and Brian Robinson can't do that. And Brian Robinson isn't our best running back. And Brian Robinson isn't you know going to be the starter. Let me tell you, he wears number nine. He's the most valuable player on that team right now. Uh, he goes down and all hopes of national championship probably goes out the window faster than any other player or position on our team. Um, and Ryan, you ever noticed that um, there, there's always like the front line of protection and then that's that next line. You want to make sure that second line um, is, is, is pretty good as well. And the second line of protection for Bryce Young is the running backs. There's a reason Brian Robinson is probably the starter. Because he can protect, you know, he's a pass protector. Uh, think about Derrick Henry, how long did it take him to get on the field? It wasn't because he wasn't the best runner. <laughs> it was because he, he couldn't play running back, which includes blocking, receiving, and running. Uh, and, and so we got some great runners at running back, but I don't know if we have some great overall running backs uh, yet in the Jace, McClellan, and – uh, Trey Sanders and Rodell, and I think that's part of the reason that you see Brian getting it. To how they're performing, I don't think they've played bad, Ryan. I, I think they have missed a, a, a couple cuts, uh, and that comes with patience. 
uh, a lot of times, and this will help the offensive line, ironically. They sometimes, I think, make cuts too early, and that's what Saban's talking about. They don't, what what you call, pressing the hole. Um, they're coming to the line of scrimmage. It looks like the linebacker's unblocked, so they make a jump cut, and then the linebacker makes the tackle. Well, if they had kept kept pressing the hole, running toward the hole is what that means, uh, then that lineman would have eventually got up to that linebacker and then they would have been able to squeeze through. Uh, but overall, I think our running backs, we're not going to have a Najee Harris in this group, uh, but between Najee Harris and being good is a, is a big gap. Uh, so uh, I think we'll be finding a running back position, whether it's Brian Robinson all year as a starter and the other guys by committee. If you want to jump in, you're more than welcome to do that at 205-342-9904. I pick Martin's brain quite often. We're talking a lot of Alabama Crimson Tide football. We're going to run around the SEC in the later part of the show. But uh, right now we're talking Alabama. We're going to move the defensive side of the football uh, coming up in the next segment. But uh, Martin, also, I want to spend a little bit of time here talking about wide receivers because, you know, we talk about Najee Harris uh, and, and the move to Brian Robinson and the other guys maybe trying to supplement what Alabama uh, is able to do. But you back up and you think about Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle. You go back to the year prior with Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. I mean, we've had a run of wide receivers. I mean, it could be a book within itself, a documentary of just the talent at that position. There's talent there, but it's a lot of youth. Uh, I think these guys will be really, really good, uh, but they're, that's another group uh, that, that needs some work. Yeah, I, I think talent-wise, Ryan, and I know this is hard to believe, from top to bottom in the wide receiver room, I don't know if we've ever been this talented. I, I mean, I, I know we had four, but we may have four now. Um, you know, we may have we may have some – top two, second, third round guys that may not even play much uh, in their career here at Alabama. Um, I think Mechie and Williams are going to be as good as, as good as, as the other two combo in a regular season. Now don't get me wrong. Uh, what Devonte Smith did was special, but uh, I think, I don't think his season would have been as special as it was had he been splitting all year with Waddle, but it would have been a special season for both of them. Um, and I think that you can see Mechie and Williams on that. Ryan, just go back to uh, if Williams doesn't drop that pass, he probably scores. He probably outruns that guy. Oh, yeah. He's the second fastest guy that, that they've ever tested at Alabama. Uh, I mean, uh, not wow. at Alabama, but uh, Dr. Ray and Baloo said he's the second fastest guy they've ever tested. Period. Wow. Okay. From a from a, a, a miles per hour standpoint. So, uh, and then how how are we feeling about the wide receiver? You're thinking, oh my God, we got a guy that's going to go 70, 80 yards every game, and uh, and so I think they're good. To me, Ryan, this is what I'm waiting to see because it's been my big. It's always my question. Um, Wide receivers are the ones that make great running backs next. What do I mean by that? A 10-yard run, a 15-yard, a 12-yard run becomes a 25, 50, 60-yard run because of wide receivers. And I don't know that this group is committed to blocking yet. Oh, wow. I don't know if, if what we see out there is, oh, my God, he didn't make that guy miss. 
Well, sometimes he didn't make that guy miss because he thought the wide receiver was going to block him. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they miss it. So um, wide receiver blocking uh, is another thing that makes Alabama wide receivers really special. They do it really well. And I don't know how committed this group is to it yet, but we'll need that down the road. Well, Martin, I go back to Devontae Smith. As you're sitting there pointing at I, I remember, and I, I don't remember the team, but I remember Devontae Smith, the loudest I believe I've ever seen him get over, uh, you know, get on to another uh, fellow teammate was when they missed a block. And he yeah. got up in a guy's face, and it was simply because he missed a block. And yeah. uh, I, I can't remember if it was an end around or one of those jet sweeps or fly sweeps, but it was a wide receiver that missed a block. And I remember Devontae Smith just getting up in the guy's face and uh, challenged him uh, to be well, better. Well, a lot of wide receivers take pride in it, Ryan. Because they know it separates them. It know they know that if, if we're known as a wide receiver group that's tough and and will block, um, think about think about Ryan, if Devontae Smith is running at you and he blocks you this time and, and he blocks you the next time, and the next time he's stalking like he's gonna block you and you get ready to to, to take on that block and then he slips by you. I mean, you see what I'm saying? It, it, it's a part of the game. It's not it, – it, it makes them better receivers and route runners on play-action passes. That, that's why Julio Jones and, you know, those guys and A.J. McCarron and those guys, they, they all blocked when they were here. That's why they were so good. You know, think about the – who is it? Uh, the New England Patriots. Their receivers were known for blocking. What's Tom Brady was known for? I play action pass, I'll kill you. So uh, it, it matters, and it'll just take Bryce Young, this offense, and everything to the next level if we get receivers that's committed to blocking. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama Tradition. When we come back, we're going to take some phone calls. If you want to jump in, 205-342-9904. Dinon, I see you. We're going to work to you coming up in just a couple of minutes. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Tide 100.9 the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. So we welcome you right back into Alabama tradition, and uh, we would ask that you would uh, find us on a couple of different things. Social networks always an option. Martin uh, not only uh, does his show here on Tide 100.9, but he also archives it on Facebook. Uh, you can connect with him, Martin Houston 35, on the Twitter account. But just do a simple search there in Facebook. Uh, you can find Martin's page and uh, friend page, and uh, you can follow him there. You can also follow myself at Ryan C. Fowler, at Ryan C. Fowler. We enjoy the interaction, and uh, we welcome those who want to chime in at 205-342-9904. And, Martin, let's go to Dinon. Dinon, you've chimed in here on Alabama Tradition. I hope your day is going great. Hey, get off work, and I'm at home, so that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. <laughs> been, some, been, been some long 11- and 12-hour days. For quite a while now, so I'm, uh, it's just getting to be a long. <laughs> looking forward to that retirement in 12, 15, 20 years. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. 12, 15, 20. Uh, yeah. Whatever how long the Lord lets me stick around this place, I guess. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, 
What's on your mind, hey, my first friend? Off, well, first off, before I forget, uh, Martin, are you still going to be speaking uh, at uh, New Beginnings? Yes, uh, the 21st. 21st. I'll tell you, 21st, 20, I couldn't make it exactly what day. I'm going to try my best to be there that night. Well, uh, come on out. We're doing a um, – it's called Rise Up. Uh, I'm going to be speaking for uh, Pastor Randy along with uh, several other pastors. He's doing uh, a camp meeting uh, for Rise Up uh, uh, challenging us to challenge – He's challenging us to challenge the church to step up and take their place. And then the next week, he's coming to speak for me. Oh wow! Uh, at uh, at my church, at Harvest Church. So, and we're having Reclamation 2021, and it's uh, reclaiming, uh, uh, reestablishing the church and reestablishing the truth, uh, reclaiming America. It, we both had the exact same um, mindset, uh, D9, but we didn't talk to each other, and we both had each other on. On, on our minds, and it's it's a great example of how churches can work together because we're both in the same you know area uh, community as far as people we serve. Oh, yeah, and you, you well, Martin, I'm looking you forward. Said, like I say, I'm gonna try my best to be there. Martin, did you say the 21st? So that'll be next uh, Tuesday. Yes. Seven yes. seven o'clock, six o'clock. Uh, six thirty. Six thirty. Six thirty next uh tuesday yeah, they, they can they can listen to you listen here 30 minutes and then go there yeah absolutely oh, oh, yeah <laughs> we, we archive the show so they can listen to that anytime so uh yeah. encourage you oh, yeah. new beginnings which um yeah. I, I know Dinon goes there but it's behind uh captain d's in northport is the best way i know how to describe it but uh oh yeah by yeah, the way yeah, the, the service at my church is the following week the 26th through the 29th uh, so, um, same, oh, same yeah, time, like starting time. 630 oh, and that'll like be the following week. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, get back to I guess they business, but I don't want to get that, but y'all, y'all kind of touched on some things, I guess, throughout the talk a little bit. And, um, I, I want to say that it's a riches, a blessings and all, I mean, all the players and stuff, but I think this year, um, defensively, I think we're fine, but it's kind of like, I think it's going to be that, that. That overall offensive-wise, receivers, quarterback, lineman, it's it's going to be a tough learning curve, um, and I, and I think a lot of Saban's frustration, like you was talking about with you no know, wide receivers learning how to block, you know, stop trying to be the me me and be we, be the team, get my block. I mean, it's going to be a learning curve for these guys, and a lot of these guys are young guys. I mean, I guess when a huge portion of your offensive uh, side of the ball gets drafted and, and everything that it, it's going to be a learning curve. Um, and I think it's going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay this weekend, but um, I think that as we go along and these guys get some continuity together, I think we're going to be better off because it's tough to replace a lot of those guys. But then again, those guys got drafted for a reason. So we didn't really get the, a lot of playing time for these younger guys. When you're making a championship run, it's kind of hard to do that in a lot of cases. Especially doing a full SEC schedule all the way through. Well, and you think about this Alabama team uh, coming out of this Mercer game, uh, Dinon. I, I just think we'll see a different team. I, I think it's perfect. I said it on Facebook. I've said it here on a couple of different uh, shows. I've, I was on in Houston, Texas earlier today, and I said the same thing. When you look at Alabama, if Alabama would have beat Mercer sixty-nine to nothing then Nick Saban would have had a hard time getting his team down to ground earth. As it is, it's beautiful. It's perfect. It sets up oh, yeah. right in his wheelhouse that he can come out and tell all these guys how wrong they were, not listening to him, 
the conditioning, uh, the practice reps that they needed. That oh, yeah. Right. Dialed in. Hey, Ryan, Ryan you, remember, you remember what I told you at lunch. We need – Alabama football needs a little more dad, you know, and uh, D-9 where he slapped the, um, the oh, desk. Yeah. Uh, he scared me to death. And, oh, yeah. He slapped the table, and, and, and he said this is what his dad did. But think about what he was saying this team needs – and, and and it spells out that dependability, accountability, and discipline. Uh, and and oh, that's yeah. why I said this team needs a little bit more dad uh, in it. And I think oh, yeah. I think we're going to see that. And had we, as Ryan said, had we played perfect uh, or near perfect against Mercer, he wouldn't have the teaching points. When you can go back and show a guy on film, think about how good our defense played. But they did make some mistakes yeah. and. Uh, Coach Marchin over at Northridge, he said it this way. He said he plays these teams because he knows we cannot talent them, so we're not going to lose. But he right. also knows, D9, that it requires them to be disciplined in their approach to everything. And if they're not disciplined, a, a marcher can beat you. So how much more will it take for you? Uh, I mean, how much more easier would it be for a Florida to beat you if you're not disciplined? This week against oh, yeah. Florida, when when Richardson fakes it and starts to scramble and roll out, and you're the backside corner or, or the backside safety, you can't leave your area because he's rolling away and it looks like he's going to run. You have to make sure oh, that yeah. the receiver's not streaking across the field and coming in coming in behind you, uh, and you're looking at the quarterback versus taking care of your responsibility. And that's what Mercer did. And if Mercer oh, yeah. was able to trick him, you know Mullins has some stuff up, up his sleeve. Oh, yeah. Well, then Ryan kind of touched on, I think, well, what, Sunday, Ryan? You talk about the conspiracy theory. But, you know, I'm not going to say a conspiracy theory, but I think a lot of it, kind of like Martin just said, learn to grow up. It's kind of like, okay, let them make the wrong calls on defense. Let them make the decision. Hey, don't correct them during the game. This week, now it's like, okay, now then, do you see where you messed up? You know, kind of a learning, and, and you know, we not gonna we weren't gonna get beat, but they go. Right. We got beat play wise, and we cost, we cost us fourteen points and some big plays here and there. But like you and uh, uh, Ryan both were saying, it's teaching points. Now then, it's like okay, now then you've given me all the ammunition to say, hey, I told you so. Now then, let me show you how we need to do this. Great point. And you know, video has much more impact than words. We've seen that oh, yeah. in society. Oh right. yeah, all I mean, and, and social media, man, they're on it every day. So they yeah. can take it and run with it. Hey, man, God bless y'all. Roll Tide. COVID's got me closed off on the sideline again this year. Apparently, I'm not going to get approved to be on the sideline any. So wow. I'll be there in spirit and praying, man. I hope everything goes well. Thank you, Dion. Appreciate you, man. Uh, hey. D- right, God bless. Take care, uh, Dion. Always a faithful listener. We appreciate Dion. Uh, that's Martin Houston. Let's go down to Mobile, Brett. Uh, you're in with Alabama tradition with Martin Houston and myself. Hey, Brett. Hey, how are you doing, sir? I'm very good. How are you doing? Well, hey, give me a second. I'm sorry. Okay, not, yeah. Not you. Not, 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 not you. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. yeah. A bunch of people. Sure. Sorry. No problem. What's on your mind, <laughs> Brett? Well, okay, uh, let's see. We got uh, Bama going to Florida. Sure. Are we... 15 or 20 point favorites now? Uh, I just checked a couple of minutes ago. Ooh, it's actually went down. Uh, since I opened the show, uh, we are down to 14 
points yeah. right now. So it's actually going the other way. It went up uh, to 16.5, and now it's back down yeah. to 14 at several different spots. So 14 and 15, 16 points, that range. That actually makes me happy. <laughs> Doesn't that mean that people are starting to put money on Florida, Ryan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Correct. Nick Saban Correct. can walk in and say, Look at all these people doubting you. No, I mean, he's not going to use the spread. But, I mean, he'll find a way to twist it. But uh. Well, I, I was just – I mean, I, I was at the game Saturday, and I was a little disappointed. I wanted to call you Monday. I didn't have time, unfortunately. I had to fire somebody. So, uh, so that <clears> caused me problems. And then uh, today was a day, but uh, – today is Tuesday. But uh, I was just uh, concerned about uh, – what was your disappointment? Intensity. Intensity. What was your disappointment, uh, Martin would say, Brett? Intensity. Intensity. Yeah, and I, actually, that's my next question for Martin. If, if I can set that up in the next segment, because I'm going to ask Martin. Martin has studied something in, uh, throughout life and focused on, on a lot of different ways. And I'm going I'm to ask him a question. That's actually uh, a segment that I'm planning for next. Uh, can I save that one until the next one, Brett? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. All right. What else is on your mind, Brett? <laughs> Not much. I mean, we're just, I mean, I hope we go down there and win, of course. Uh, you know, I, I was concerned about the injury aspect. I didn't know if we've heard anything. Sorry, I can't Yeah, we have online. Yeah, we haven't, uh, I haven't heard anything today, but I'll get something as soon as I come off the air. I'll, I'll try to uh, maybe br- uh, provide something. But uh, I just based on what Nick Saban said, there's, there's a lot of things that Nick Saban will get thrown his way, but there's one thing that Nick Saban will never do. He'll never lie to you as far as in the media. He's not going to mislead you. He's not going to tell you, hey, it's structure. You know, it's this. To me, that's a good sign. He walked out and said, hey, uh, we are very encouraged by him. I think if there would have been some issues, he would have confirmed it right there. Uh, I think Will Anderson well, will be ready to go. It, it you know, unless there's some type of setback throughout the season. That's just, excuse me, throughout the week. It's just my guess. Uh, I understand. And, and, and I'm sure you've already covered a bunch of things. Uh, you know, I, I was concerned about Bryce Young throwing the two defensive backs and no receiver, things like that. You know, and that was one of the things I was concerned about. But uh, uh, Do you think that, that was Bryce Young or the receiver? Uh, I would say Bryce Young. Maybe it was a receiver. I'm not sure who was in the package. But Martin, you probably know better than I. But no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying. Sometimes quarterbacks get. I, I, I don't remember the exact player you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. I was just, I was just saying that sometimes um, I've seen quarterbacks make passes and interceptions, and um, and people think it was a quarterback, but there was a misread um, by the receiver, right. like they. They, let me give you a great example. Uh, we, we, we had a play, and it didn't end up in an interception at my high school team. Um, the receiver was supposed to run a slant route. And on the slant route, he is supposed to come in front of the defender. Okay? So he's supposed to fire off, work to the, out, work to the outside, or, uh, but he's supposed to cross the defender's face. And right. Uh, and then the quarterback is reading the linebacker. Linebacker comes, which means it's a hot route, so he should right. throw it quick. Okay, so it's not. It's like it's like he's coming. Boom! Receiver's supposed to be there. He's supposed to throw it hot. 
Guess what the receiver did? The DB jumped in front of him, so he just worked around behind him. And if the quarterback had thrown it, he would have hit um, the deep. It would have been a touchdown for the other team. And it would have looked like the quarterback literally threw it right to the defender. And he would have. But the receiver would have been the one that was wrong in film study. Well, my concern is the eyes. What do you mean? You know what I mean by that, Martin? Well, the eyes, how they're looking across the field. The eyes. The eyes tell all. And, you know, I'm not talking about that one particular play, but there was a lot of plays where his eyes were going one direction, only one direction. Or tell me I'm stupid. Please. Please tell me I'm stupid. Well, well I, I mean, I, I hadn't noticed him not reading. I mean, he may he may be something, but um, I had I hadn't picked up on that he's not going through his progression. But. Yeah, I th- I, well, and and my thought was I thought he made it through progressions. Uh, okay. To me, he he's getting beyond. You know, we had a caller that called in, and maybe in two or three o'clock hour that pointed out and said, "When's the last time that Bryce Young looked down to a wide receiver and went to his first guy?" That just went to his first guy. So to me, he's he's going through his progressions by by that. Martin, go ahead, chime in. Uh, only time he to me he's not reading is like on the RPO, where is that is the read, where it's his first guy and you throw it. Um, now I can tell you that part of what uh, he may be seeing is sometimes he doesn't get through his progression uh, because he's he's. He's a young quarterback, and this is probably what. Uh, tell me to call. Tell me your name again, Brett. Yeah, Brett Mobile. Brett. Uh, Brett. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Brett what you Brett. may be seeing sometimes, and this is possible. And they even showed uh, Aaron Rodgers doing it the other day in one of his interceptions. Is the pass rush? You get to a point where you're not trusting the pass rush, and instead of going through your progression. Uh, you start through your progression on the right side, for instance, and because the right side ends up giving up pressure point, you end up locking in sometimes. And you're, it looks like to us he's locking in on the receiver, but he's actually looking at the pressure that's coming and, and then right. trying to figure out how to get out of it. So that may be what you've seen a couple times. Uh, I know I've seen that a couple times. You understand what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. like he goes back and his progression's to the right, he sees the first receiver is not there. He's the second receiver is not there, but it's still in kind of like the same vision. So his head doesn't move, and then the next thing he knows, there's a you know a, a defender coming free. So now his eyes never move to the other side of the field, and there was guys open. That may be what you what you is that what you're referring to? Possibly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It is. I just and I think that may be as that. much from the pressure, Brett, that, as it is his mechanics. Hey, Brett. Let's get to okay. break. I really appreciate you. I, hey. Hey. Thanks hey, for pointing that out. Guys. Hey. Hey. Good talking to y'all. Thank you, Brett. Uh, Brett brought up intensity, and I want to ask on the other side, Martin. You have studied uh, leadership for pretty much uh, the majority of your life. You were known as an excellent leader here at Alabama. I'm going to ask you if um, if you see enough leaders on this Alabama team, really on the offensive side of the football. I'm going to ask you that question because you look at Devontae Smith, you look at Najee, you look at many other guys. Leatherwood uh, was, was a big leader. Uh, Landon Dickerson was a big leader. 
Uh, I'm going to ask you, when you look at that offensive side of the football, do you see enough? I'll do that in three minutes. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. Alabama tradition. The past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with a few passing showers and thunderstorms likely through tonight. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 68. Tomorrow and Thursday, cloudy both days with periods of rain and possibly a few thunderstorms. Highs between 75 and 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston Show, Martin Houston, have combined to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content. Right back into the game here in Tuscaloosa, right here on Tide 100.9. This is Alabama tradition. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. Martin, I, I want to ask you a question. I'm I'm looking at it, and listen, I, I understand when you look at Najee Harris, no Devontae Smith, no Landon Dickerson, uh, no Alex Leatherwood. I mean, you, you could even, you know, Jalen Waddle was a, was a good leader on that team. Uh, you look at the defensive side of the football, uh, I think they've got – Pretty good core leaders, but even over there, uh, you look Patrick Sertain, uh, Dylan Moses may not uh, be the thumper that all of us were looking for, but he was a big leader, and I think Nick Saban put a lot of responsibility on him. Uh, but you look at this offensive side of the football, that was maybe the one thing that I noticed uh, from being there. When things were not going well in the game, they were a little sloppy, I didn't see a lot of guys uh, challenging one another. That was a little bit of a concern for me. Uh, what do you see? Well, uh, let me share. Curtis Moore the second said, if you want to know the truth about it, Ryan Fowler, I see more leaders on the defensive side, more than the offensive side. Folks okay. like Phil Mathis, Henry T., et cetera. Not saying no leadership is on the offensive side. They just might not be vocal leaders. And that's kind of what you were saying as well. That's Curtis Moore the second. Uh, we were one of our listeners out of Florida. Um, but an Alabama guy. Uh, West Alabama guy, make sure you give him some love. But, you know, Ryan, leadership comes in a lot of different forms. Sure. Um, and you don't have to be vocal to be a leader, okay? Uh, you can, you know, show up at work every day, do your job, uh, and lead by example uh, and, and and do a lot of things. Uh, and then there's, there, then there's natural-born leaders, Ryan. That's the – that's the guys that, you know, like you go to a, little, a playground and, and and then there's one kid that says, they say, hey, let's do this. And then one kid said, okay, uh, I'm going to be a captain and you're going to be a captain and I pick first. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, and, and so that, that, that there's those types of leaders. And I think we have maybe a couple of those types of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then there's the leaders who are appointed. You know what I mean? They, they have leadership by 
it's called positional leadership. Uh, like at Alabama one, uh, when they gave, they gave me a title called senior director. Well, I'm a leader because I have that title. And so Alabama has some guys there and, and, and interesting on the offensive side of the ball, Ryan, they have an appointed leader. I think, I think that's why Saban chose John Mechie. Uh, I think he was, uh, of the returning guys, Evan Neal, um, Emil Ikior and John Mechie, he was the most natural guy to appoint as a leader. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes out as captains. Have, have they picked captains on this team yet? Not yet. I, I don't think that. So, so it's going to be interesting to see who comes out as captains on this team. And if we'll have one of those scenarios, wasn't like all the captains last year offensive guys? Wow. I mean, if you think about it. I right? Think, I think you were wasn't right. It? Yes. What? I never, like, I never thought about that, but yeah, I think uh, was there was, was Patrick Fertain, uh Let me go. I don't, okay, I, I don't, I, think so. I don't remember everything, but I, I'll, I, I think you know what you may be right. I think, I think it was. Okay. I think there were like Mac Jones and Leatherwood, and you know, the, the, but my point behind that is, then there's leaders Ryan who are like the inspirational leaders, the guys who. As the game goes along, they may they're the ones who are going to get in guys' face. Now it could be any of those three I just named. Yeah, it could be the same person. You're, you're dead on the money. Landon Dickerson, Mac Jones, Alex Leatherwood, Devontae Smith. Those four guys were. And, and, and what did we What did we see? What have we heard about Mac Jones? Mac Jones was the guy, both offensively and defensively. Right? You remember how they used to talk sure. about him and the Joker and all that stuff. We saw it evident when Landon Dickerson went down that everybody loved the guy, so he was a leader there. So this team may be one of those teams, Ryan, that that the leadership, even for the offense, has to come some from the defense. Uh, but I don't know if we have a Joker or a Landon even on the defensive side. So that's what my con- concern is. Who's the guy? Because every I talked about a lot about the types of leaders, but who's the leader? When when the car is going off the rail, or is going downhill, that that will stand up and get in somebody's face. Like you talked about Devonte Smith, who's going to be the guy that gets upset? Not when the ball's dropped and it's a, it's a touchdown because everybody sees that, or when somebody fumbles the ball. But who's going to be the guy that makes sure the details are happening, like making a block on a run play uh, as a wide receiver? And I don't know if we have that type of leadership yet. And I think that's what Nick Saban was saying. We don't have a guy who knows how to turn intensity up uh, when he talked about last week's practice and how they didn't know how to self-motivate. Everything about this team, remember he said, was they are impacted by the external and not the internal. And so I think that was saying that we don't have anybody within our group yet that leads that. And we'll need that somewhere along the road because – we're not going to blow everybody out immediately. Jacob, you pulled up your mic like you wanted to jump into the conversation. Please do if if you've got something. Well, I wonder how much uh, Jordan Battle, how much Federian Mathis, those are supposed to be the vocal leaders. Right. I wonder how much maybe they're not playing into that. Henry Tooso is a guy that's a game plan leader, a guy that knows the, the playbook. That's where he shows his leadership. But you've talked about it before, especially with the offensive guys, with John Mechie and and Bryce Young, and you know how those guys are. They, 
they're they're good leaders. They're well spoken, but they're also quiet. A lot like right. Devontae Smith. Right. And maybe me a lot of Amari Cooper quiet. Right. So, yeah. but is there? Amari I agree with. Yeah. I agree with Matt, with with what Martin's saying. Is there a guy like Mac Jones or Landon Dickerson that are that are loud and funny, but but they can also you know kind of pick you up when when you need it. And defensively, I wonder if that's not supposed to be Jordan Battle and Fedarian Mathis. I'm sure Will Anderson's a guy that does that, but again, he's a sophomore. Yeah, that's the, that's the key. Is some of our leaders. You know, leadership may come from young guys, that, and that may be what's taking so long. Ryan is that that it's going to be a young guy that emerges as, and I think we're all saying we know we have leaders on this team, but do we have a guy who knows when to lighten the mood, who knows when to make the mood serious, who knows when to get in the guy's face, who knows when to pat a guy on the back? And will it be all defensive guys? I mean, it, that I'd never heard of a team having four permanent captains and all of them being on one side of the and ball. I never noticed it until you pointed it out. I'd never seen that happen. But it explains last year's team and the dynamics of last year's team. I think they just let them vote for four guys and, you know, top four getters get it. And that shows you the power of that offensive team Last year, Ryan, and it shows you what we're trying to replace this year back to earlier in our program. It's not just talent that we're replacing last year. Think about that for a second. Martin, we got four minutes here. Florida predictions, thoughts as we travel to Gainesville to open up the SEC play. Uh, your thoughts and, and what you think that uh, you know this group will, will be like as far as uh, going down to Gainesville. What are, what are you expecting? Well, Ryan, first of all, I have a segment called Pump the Breaks that I do, and I am so tired of, oh, my God, they have dual-threat quarterbacks. That's how you beat Nick Saban. That is so old, so tired, and so wrong. Um, It's always been a a good quarterback who had a hot day, who had a big wide receiver. Now, that's a combination that's giving Nick Saban fits. Alshon Jeffries and Garcia and Mike Evans and – um, what was that dude's name? Menzel. Yeah, him. Uh, uh, but, you know, Burroughs and, and you know, you go to the receivers he had. I, I don't think this Florida team um, is, is ready yet. I don't know. These quarterbacks will see defensive schemes, I think, Ryan, more complex than what Alabama has shown on film the last couple of years. I think Golding finally has enough leadership that he can he can put some of that exotic back into Nick Saban's defense because we've not been able to do that because we haven't had the leaders to communicate it and execute it. So I think that, you know, there'll be a lot of hype. Swamp is a tough place to play, but I think Alabama, I'm not I, I'm not ready to give a score yet, but sure. I think Alabama will uh, without a doubt, come away with the, the victory. It'll be interesting early, but I think Alabama uh, in the offense gets things going and pulls away. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about it. Alabama uh, showcasing once again, going up against a top 15 matchup. Florida coming in at number 11. Uh, Miami earlier this uh, this season was number 14, so it'll be the highest-ranked team, and it may be the toughest test uh, as Alabama takes on uh, the Gainesville Gators down in uh, the state of Florida. So we'll be talking a lot about that. Martin Hughes will do it tomorrow morning starting at 6 a.m. And then we'll lead into the great lineup that we do every single day. 
So, Martin, we got to get out of here, but uh, it's always fun to be able to uh, talk Alabama Crimson Tide football with you and uh, spend a lot of time here uh, breaking down the Alabama game. Had a lot of great thoughts, and we appreciate all the feedback, uh, Curtis, and, and, and phone calls as well. So a lot of people chiming in. Uh, Martin Hughes will do it tomorrow morning, starting at 6 a.m. He'll leave us out of the gate. Uh, Martin, final thoughts, anything? Uh, just, just, hey, just tune in to the best station in town uh, and around uh, Top 109, and we'll keep talking football from 6 to, I guess, about 8, 9, 10 o'clock every night right here live and local on Top 100.9. Join me in the morning at 6 a.m. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. Good night, T10. I'll see you tomorrow, 2 o'clock, right here on Tide 100.9. Y'all pop the trunk, I pop the hood, Ferrari. And she got the goods, and she got that, I got to look sorry. Yo, it's got to be, cause I'm seasoned. Haters give me them salty looks, Larry's. Fifty told me, don't hate it, switch the style up. And if they hate the let them hate and watch the money pile up. I, I go for mine, I got to shine. Tuscaloosa Talk.